Hi, I'm Angela Sarno. And I'm Taylor Nemeth. And this is Payment Works Presents Risky Business. The first of 2021, Taylor. Yes, we are back. First of many this year. Indeed. So, of course, we get a little reflective at the turn of a, of a new year. Uh, so there's probably been a lot said by other people who know more than we do about what 2020 meant to businesses, but it's no secret that it brought a lot of upheaval um, to the way businesses function, and particularly with our customer base. Uh, we deal with folks in supply chain, vendor management, accounts payable, and what they all have in common is third-party risk and, and managing that risk. And Taylor has teed up a perfect guest for our first podcast of 2021, who knows a thing or two about managing third parties and the risk that comes with us. Why don't you tell us about her? Will do. She was the perfect guest. Uh, she does know a thing or two. You're correct. She, uh, her name is Yakut Akman. Uh, she is a self-described young Turk. She's from Istanbul, Turkey. Um, but she, she actually came over to the U.S. Uh, in high school, ended up going to Mount Holyoke College out in Western Mass, my old stomping grounds. Uh, she graduated with an economics degree, moved back to Turkey, uh, started working for Citigroup. And long story short, she spent uh, about 20 years uh, career in financial services in, in operations and technology, five years in internal audit, 15 years in operational risk management. And then in her final five years, she worked for City as Citigroup's chief third party management officer. Uh, so you're correct. She does know a thing or two about third party management and provided uh, what I thought was some some great insight into uh, into uh, how the financial services organizations view that role and, and that responsibility. So it was really interesting. Well, let's let's get to it. Uh, this is a great interview and a great primer uh, for why these how these these functions operate in particularly in the banking world and why it's important and why folks need to think about it. So here we go. All right. Well, we now welcome on Yakut Akman to the podcast. Yakut, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. So do you mind describing a little bit of, of what third party risk management means um, at a bank in particular, whether it's Citigroup or, or another bank? But what, what does that field mean and, and what does that operation look like? Yeah, I think that's a good starting point. I, I mean, by definition, third party risk management uh, is basically the process of identifying, assessing and controlling risks presented throughout the life cycle of a bank's relationship with the, its third parties. And there are basically five phases in this life cycle. Uh, the first one is the planning phase, when a bank is certainly thinking about uh, starting a relationship with a third party, that's the planning phase. Um, then it's the due diligence phase. You have to go through a checklist of things that you need to make sure that the third party is uh, is an entity that would be okay to start a, a relationship with. Then when you shake hands and, you know, you go through the whole third phase of contracting. That's important. But I would argue that the fourth phase is really the more longer lasting and important phase, which is the ongoing monitoring. Because things change and this could be years long. Um, and the last phase, which is termination, may come up because a contract expires or because you're not happy with the services you're getting from uh, the third party. 
Now, uh, maybe this is a good opportunity for me to also build on this a little bit and talk about why third-party risk management became a separate and critical topic over the last several years. We didn't talk Please. about this yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, several years ago. Actually, when I started my career in banking uh, ages ago, we did everything in-house. Uh, the only things that were outsourced were probably, you know, we did some check printing, um, maybe the cleaning of the offices and catering and food services and things like that. Uh, over time, and certainly over the last 10, 20 years, banks significantly increased the number and the complexity of bank functions that they outsourced to third parties. Uh, more and more customer-facing services have been outsourced. Uh, um, so very often, third parties became an integral component of the bank's operations. So, and why was that? Because... Uh, there was an emergence of third parties that could do similar functions uh, better, faster, and cheaper. Uh, the banks were happy to outsource these services and pay for them. But what they forgot in the process was a, an oversight function of these third parties. Uh, I often liken this to parents dropping up their kids at a babysitter and then going out uh, to enjoy themselves for two, three, five hours, whatever, and thinking, okay, the kids are not the babysitter's responsibility. It's They're not. Right. You know? <laughs> You're still responsible if your kids break something or misbehave. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, and the third parties were smart. Over time, they were happy to get paid without proper oversight. And then too many problems started emerging, so much so that they contributed to the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, the regulators certainly uh, took notice of this. And in 2013, uh, I certainly dealt with the OCC and the Fed a lot. They published their third-party risk management guidance uh, and significantly expanded their review of the bank's third-party management programs. How big is, and of course, Citigroup's a, a, a large financial institution, but... In terms of, of the staff that work in third-party risk management, I think you've, you've described to me before, it, it, it sometimes may be shared across you know, cr um, cross-functional departments, but how, how big is, is a third-party risk management organization at a city group or, or maybe more of a medium-sized bank, for example? Uh, it really differs. When I took on the role, uh, it, was, it was scattered throughout the globe. Uh, and I don't like a big organization, so a lot of people indirectly reported into me. I would say maybe roughly a hundred, uh, but wow. expended capacity probably in the hundreds because there are a lot of uh, players uh, when you look at the whole end-to-end -end, uh, process, starting with the business managers who determine who the third party is going to be. They're the ones who say, oh, I want to outsource XYZ service to some company. But what we did do was to bring some uh, focus and standardization. Uh, there are still quite a number of companies that give freedom to their businesses to go and choose as many third parties as they want. Whereas we, for instance, spend a lot of time limiting the number of third parties because it becomes a problem. The more third parties you have, the more monitoring you need to do, the more all of these phases would apply in terms of processes that you need to, to carry out. Let's let's um, 
let's talk about the third parties themselves. I, I, you know, and, and you've talked to me before, and I'd, I'd love for you to uh, expand on it, that the notion that between vendors and payees and so forth, because a third party, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this could be anything from, you know, the, the cleaning crew at a local branch to, you know, one of your largest, most expensive uh, technology vendors, right? And, and sort of anything in between. So um, explain to me, if you don't mind, you know, the, that distinction between vendors and payees and, and how that is challenging. You know, what are some of the challenges of managing this process? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I, actually, the distinction between vendors and payees is pretty straightforward. Uh, and a, a payee uh, is a very comprehensive term. So anyone a bank pays money to would be a payee. Sure. Uh, you don't have to get services uh, or products in return. Uh, it could be a reimbursement. It could be paying for taxes. Uh, it could be the salaries you pay to your uh, employees. It depends, right? You're yeah. just paying an, an entity for various reasons. A vendor is an entity that does provide products and services in return for payment. So that, that would be the distinction. Uh, and you know, when we talk about third parties, clearly there are a lot of challenges. So maybe this is a good time for me to expand on that. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, this is certainly an area that I spent a lot of time thinking about and addressing. Uh, you know, I, I think I got more gray hair over the last five, six years. As a result. <laughs> uh, good thing this is just a podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> um you know, I've done a lot of thinking about this, and I think it really is unfortunate that we call it third-party risk as if it's a separate and single risk. Um, as I mentioned before, as the banks outsourced a lot of their um, functions, uh, third parties really ended up doing what banks would normally do in-house. Right. So they became an extension of a bank's operation. <clears throat> Thus, all the relevant risks that would apply to a bank, to the bank's operation, would also apply to a third party. Uh, but then, then there's the additional risk because the third parties are a separate entity. So they're not subject to the same policies, standards, and processes that the bank has in-house. They may have uh, access to the bank's systems, confidential bank data, or you know, customer information. And that's why uh, there is a need to identify, assess, and control all the risks presented throughout the life cycle, the third-party uh, life cycle I talked about. Um, so I would say the third-party risk is a whole basket of risks, um, and it's not easy to manage all of these uh, unless you really have effective people, processes, and tools. That triangle always applies. So if we were to take a sort of a bird's eye view of a typical third-party management landscape uh, and take a look at the various sort of high-level risks, um, you would see that they would be made up of uh, certainly third-party risk management, adequacy and effectiveness of internal policies and processes, uh, compliance with applicable regulations, Information security risks, which is a huge topic, uh, only probably to be surpassed by cyber risk uh, over the last few years. Uh, contingency of business. Uh, uh, now, all of this, 
I, which I would certainly bundle under under operational risks, would be in addition to the third party's performance risk, which is separate. Um, so, so typically these different areas of risks are often <clears throat> supported by many different systems which do not talk to each other. Why? Because they're all developed over time in response to emerging risks or emerging functions. Um, I have seen many banks where, and City was not an exception, uh, and this is true for bigger banks actually, uh, they have multiple platforms for the same function due to regional choices, um, due to the independence ah. of management all over the world and depending on the size and scope of uh, the organization. There is no master file for the third-party data. There are multiple and different databases for the same third parties uh, in different platforms. The processes are very manual. Um, so it's, and as I mentioned before, the process really starts with the businesses, the frontline businesses. And to them, this is a pain in the neck kind of a process. Um, we ask them as we constructed our third-party manager program to do certain checks in, in starting with the planning phase. And believe me, the pushback was significant because that's not in their culture. They want to go shake hands and do business and you know outsource their services and make money. They're going to pay them uh, less money than it would cost them to do things in-house, and they're happy. But when we tell them, hey, you have to also include the cost of controls into your formula. They're like, what are you talking about? There's a cost to overseeing third parties. As a matter of fact, the regulators included that in their guidance. I, thank you. That's interesting. And let's, um, if you don't mind, I want to go back to the point you made um, around, you know, there being no sort of central repository for this data. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things you've, you've spoken to us about, and, um, you know, we think there's an opportunity for us to help with this is sort of this, this notion that all these, these various systems that you've described need some, some uh, level of third-party data, whether it's basic information about them or more detailed information for risk assessments and so forth. But it, it, what you've described to me in the past is, is this notion of there's, there's really no great system of engagement, one system of engagement uh, for the third parties to, to not have to log into 19 different systems. And, and also with that, it's just it's challenging to manage, I would assume, the risk around that rather than, uh, as they say, sort of one throat to choke, you know, with that, that one system of engagement. Is that, is that right or is that what you think the solution looks like? It's funny you use the words uh, one throat to choke because that was how I was, uh, my role was described when I was <laughs> in my last role. I, that That's was, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did centralize uh, a lot of the controls and the oversight function. I mean, I had the authority, the responsibility, uh, and the accountability overseeing the entire program. And it's easier said than done, to be honest, sure. for a company like City. Um, well, yeah, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, a little bit. In in any bank that deals with third parties, uh, they typically have lots of different departments, lots of different processes and systems to support the different functions. Whether it's procurement uh, to pay, sales, contracts, risk management, compliance, information security, cybersecurity, 
contingency of business and so on and so forth. Um, and, and these are departments and, and, and groups that sort of be developed over time. Some of them didn't exist a few years ago. Now they are uh, very big organ, you know, groups within an organization. Uh, and typically they're under different management. They go and pick their own systems. They come up with some brilliant tool uh, to take care of whatever it is that they're responsible for. But nobody really has that bird's eye view, that overall view of what's going on and make decisions and, and put in the necessary central controls. So once things emerge, it's very difficult to bring them back together. So as these systems evolved over a long period of time and independent of each other, you know, we see the problems as you pointed out as well. Um, and add to that, a lot of these systems have been around a long time. Uh, they're rather archaic. Uh, they use old technology. There's no connectivity between the systems. Uh, we may at best have some mapping between similar fields. Uh, I remember uh, many years ago, I uh, was heading up derivatives uh, uh, and something came up and we needed to uh, determine our exposure to a major Fortune 100 company. And we realized that that company was in a, a gazillion different systems. And the name was spelled differently in every system. Yeah, right. But weeks to figure out our exposure to this company. Something so basic, right? You wouldn't. Something uh, so basic. Yeah. Um, so, so to me, the starting point is that repository of uh, third-party core data in a central way. Um, at least, if you make sure that the name, address, tax ID, right? Some uh, core set of data defining the third party is centrally kept and then fed into different systems. Uh, that would be a huge step in the, uh, you know, in the right direction. Um, ideally, it would be great to have one system that has all the core functionalities, i.e. contracts, procured, procured to pay, risk management, compliance, info, cyber, whatever. I was going to say, this This seems like the logical next step because as, as you for, for financial institutions, because as, as you described it, um, you know, everything used to be in-house. Now many things are moving out of house, but and systems are growing, processes are growing. Uh, and I think what I'm hearing from you is it's, it's sort of time to bring these all together from a data standpoint uh, because it's efficient and um, you just pointed out might you know sit cost savings and and other things that go along with that. But sometimes it's it's very basic information, as you mentioned, like a tax ID or a, a supplier name that gets messed up from system to system. Um, and so this this seems like a natural progression. It's not necessarily something the industry dropped the ball on. It's just this is evolving. It, it certainly is. Um, and I will add to this that. Uh, if that information is obtained directly from the third party, i.e. we have the third parties enter the data directly themselves. Right. That's like nirvana. <laughs> uh, and there, there's evidence of the fact that when third parties enter their data uh, themselves, uh, the error rate goes down significantly. Not to mention asking them to uh, continue to maintain that data. Because it's not a one-time thing we're talking about here. <clears throat> Once you set up your third party, things change over time. 
their address change, names change, all sorts of things change. Right. Um, so if you uh, allow the uh, the third parties to have control over their data with some oversight and control, of course. And I think Payment Works does a brilliant job in this. One one final question for you, Kut, and this is this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm always curious too, and you're you're retired now. I'm I'm hoping you're enjoying your retired life. But when you were um, working at City or or in the other companies you've worked for. What what um you know what did success or failure look like in a third party risk management role or or maybe asked a different way you know what what kept you up at night what was what was the biggest fear uh, in something going wrong? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, for a long time, what kept me awake at night was um, finding ways to change the culture that I inherited. It's very difficult to ask people to unlearn what they had done before they'd been doing and they were comfortable doing it. Um, So when, you know, we're talking about centralizing things and eliminating multiple systems and, you know, bringing things together or providing more oversight and so on and so forth. First of all, these are not sexy things uh, for anyone to do. So it's not like people say, Oh my God, I love this. Let me do this right away. Uh, so teaching people the benefits, wh- why does that matter to them? Why should they really care about this? How are they going to see the benefits of this? So educating people to me is the biggest challenge or was the biggest challenge. Uh, of course, nowadays, uh, I attended several conferences recently um, and they did some surveys asking people, you know, what is the biggest operational risk uh, that you see? Uh, nowadays, and without a question, in every single case, third-party risk came on top. Now, as I said, third-party risk is not a single risk. Third-party risk is a cornucopia of risks. Sure. Uh, uh, so, uh, cyber risk within those risks is on top. Uh, again, because it's an area that's moving so quickly, and it's a huge emerging risk. Hard to keep uh, up with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to. Uh, still allow for emerging technologies, these emerging brilliant companies to help banks or other organizations improve their own uh, functions and uh, operations and services and whatever, while you still keep a very close eye on the potential risks that they uh, come come with. Uh, so that was a really growing uh, risk area that uh, I worried about. Uh, yeah, that's I, I want to say that I retired, but I retired from Citigroup. I'm still quite active as I'm, you know, talking to you because <laughs> you know you, you can't just wash your hands after after 40 years and say, okay, I'm just going to watch TV now. Well, this has been great, Yuku. Thank you so much for uh, walking us through this stuff. I think the people listening uh, will enjoy uh, your expertise and your insight into the into this stuff. So, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Taylor. Uh, and it's been fun scratching the surface of third yes. risk. <laughs> I know. I know. We're just getting started. Awesome. Indeed. Okay. Thank you. Wow. A big thank you to Yagud Ackman for spending the time with us uh, and uh, giving all those valuable behind the scenes peeks into what third party management entails. Absolutely. And not only did she give us some peaks, but she gave what I thought was uh, 
a prescription, if you will, for uh, people who are in her role uh, at at banks today on on how to how to manage this, how to structure it. I mean, Citigroup is is obviously a huge organization with tons of of resources and and people focused on this stuff. But if you're you know at a regional bank or a smaller bank or any financial institution, I think if you listen to this and listen to Yagoot, she's she uh, she she gives the blueprint for it. And you can find her on LinkedIn. She is uh, she has dedicated her retirement to being of service with this knowledge she has. So if you'd like to reach out to her, we'd encourage you to. It's Y-A-K-U-T, Yagut Ackman. So thanks again, and we will see y'all next time. See ya.